This is Alpha Geek Radio. I feel like it's going to be really rad. Thank you. First of all, thank you all for coming. Give yourselves yeah. a round of applause. I'm not going to lie, I got a little nervous when I saw this was in the Crystal Ballroom. <laughs> it's like, oh, everybody, let's get the largest capacity possible to hear about your failures. <laughs> but yet you are here, and it makes me very happy. Also, to my left, Nicole Spagnolo. Hello. Everybody. I, too, have a podcast that no one listens to. I think we all – and listen, this is going to be the theme. We all have podcasts that no one listens to. Yes, it is the do. thing that binds all of us. We'll get into that in a second. Also, Veronica Belmont. And Brian Dunaway. Hi. Thank you. And Hipster Aladdin. Hipster Aladdin. <laughs> Let's all raise our PBRs in props. celebration. Props. Our props. Our props. prop PBRs. Mm-hmm. Which is probably bad that it was warm. Yeah. <laughs> Chill your props. That's a fun <laughs> Dragon Con lesson. All right, everybody. Uh, hands up if you have a podcast. Everybody, put your hands up if you have wow. a podcast. And wave them like you just don't Holy care. Holy crap. Oh all right, God. go ahead and keep them up if you are unsatisfied with how many people listen to your podcast. Okay, nobody has put their hand down. In fact, more people have raised their hand. <laughs> all right, go ahead and keep them up. Go ahead and keep them up. Uh, let me know if you have more than 10 people listening to your podcast. All right, like two people's hands have gone down. <laughs> but I feel like this is going to be... All right, everybody can put their hands up. This is kind of the, the point of this panel. Because everybody's unsatisfied. Yet everybody has at least a handful of people listening. Let me give you guys a little analogy. If you had ten people show up to your house every week and silently listen to what you said, (laughs) you would be, the neighbors would talk. Like, that's like cult leader territory. You would be thought of as having a magnetic personality for which is irresistible to certain people. And yet we look at that as, all. Hmm, only ten people listen to my podcast. I have a question for you. Go. Do we want Tom Merritt on this panel? Oh my gosh, Tom. Oh! No, we don't. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, all right, let's go ahead and welcome Tom Merritt Tom to the stage. Insta placard. Yes. I also have another Veronica Belmont placard if you'd like that. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) It doesn't really make any sense at all. It sounded crude, maybe, but I'm not sure. Uh, There we go. Scott Johnson's here. Seems seems legit. Seems legit. Uh, So here's the point. There are a lot of ways that we can look at what podcasting success is. So let's just go around the panel right now and talk about the general feeling. The first time that you looked at your numbers and the pit fell out of the bottom of your stomach and you questioned <laughs> why you were doing it. Nicole? Oh, God. Why? Well, no, the first time. Like, like, what, what was the podcast that you first started doing and you had that, that initial feeling of like, 
What? Oh my god. This is so much work and no one's listening. Well, I never really felt like that because we had a, a different podcast, a video podcast that okay. was kind of the bread and butter. Of and my little side things were just kind of fun projects. So you never, so there was never a point. Well, no, in that's which, not true. Exactly. I mean, Come on. You kind of, especially when you first start. So Ladies Elite was the first podcast that I. Any that Ladies I Elite produced. fans here? Woo! Kim and Stephanie are here. <laughs> hey. So honestly, when I started that podcast, I just I was like, is. I just expected a ton of mean hate mail because we're women talking about video games. <laughs> Which is just an awesome social commentary, right? Yeah. And you're so, expecting more hate mail and troll <laughs> comments than listeners? So I kind of braced myself of, this is going to be short-lived. Yeah. But then, you know, it, it kind of, it was fun. I mean, that's why we started it. And regardless of the numbers, that's why we kept so doing it. So you went in there with the idea being, it doesn't matter what the numbers are right. doing it because it's fun. But then later on, I start going, I'm like, well, we only have 2,000 downloads. Is that a lot? Is it, you know, you kind of get hung up in, in, that, yes. in, those, in that numbers game for a little bit. Veronica, have you gotten caught up in the numbers game? Yeah. So the show Tom and I do, Sword and Laser, uh, so I, it was always a huge passion project of ours. And um, I know you have like 50 million other podcasts, but this is the one that like I spend most of my time on. And the numbers always felt... Or your time, whatever. And all so it always felt like really good. Like we had a really active community and yeah. like like I felt good about the numbers. I didn't really pay attention to them until we got brought on to the Boing Boing Podcast Network. Okay. And, and then, that was recently, right? Yeah. And then And so how long had Sword and Laser gone before that happened? Eight years. Eight years, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. If you are if you are thinking Oh man, I just started a podcast and I'm kind of upset with the numbers. <laughs> Eight years on of nothing but steady, exciting, room filling at Dragon Con <laughs> excitement, and it still is a, well, a thing. So we we I was checking out some of the other shows on the network, and there's one on there called uh, uh, Boar's Gorn Swords, and they cover fantasy as well. They do mostly Game of Thrones, and I was like, oh, I wonder how they do. Yeah, like 150,000 downloads an episode. And we're like, we have 50,000. <laughs> and so I think that was the first time I was like, man, we really, like, should we try to grow more? Do we need to step it up? But I was like, our, our you know, I'm, I've been happy with the way our growth is. And yeah. it's been organic and it's been really positive And the community is still super active. So yeah. I'm, I'm still happy with it. But it does make you, like, think a little bit like, oh, should I be doing something different? Well, so that's, that's Maybe we really... should be covering exclusively Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so that's kind of like the two sides of this coin. Is there's the panic over looking at your numbers and feeling inadequate about it. And then there's the what do I do about it? Because we are all proactive people. We all want to believe that we're not just going to sit here and, and do nothing about it. So you want to think about growth. And we'll put a pin in that for a second because I feel like there's a lot of – we really fundamentally misunderstand what that is. Tom, when have you panicked about numbers? Uh, a couple of times I can think of, both at CNET. Uh, in the, like, September after the launch of Buzz Out Loud. I've never told you this story. No. Uh, Breaking so news here. We've been, we've been like, <laughs> sick. I, I don't think I've told this story much. I've alluded to it. Six months into Buzz Out Loud, I think maybe we, 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 no, we were trying to decide whether we should go daily or not. Because we had been doing, like, three days three a days week. Three days a week, yeah. And uh, my boss, Patrick Houston, uh, CNET editor-in-chief, uh, and I were talking, and I was like, well, I, th I think we should really do it. He's like, yeah, that's great, as long as it doesn't impact your other stuff. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, this, I, I feel like the show has really got something. We're, we're getting voicemails and emails. He's like, nobody listens. 
And I was like, what do you, what do you do? He's like, look, look, those numbers are really small. He's like, maybe you just shouldn't do it at all. Uh, and that's when I got punched in the gut because I didn't have any way to come back. To me, it was obvious. What were those numbers, if you don't mind sharing? I don't even remember, but I, they I were. I remember they were, in, around that time, they were probably, they were under, well, they, they were, were, the were thousands. yeah, they were around between five and 10,000. Oh, depending no, not on, yet. Not, not yet? yet? No, they were still in this, they were below five. Uh, because that was his point. It's like, hmm. I can put a review up that'll get $5,000, $5,000, 5,000 uh, hits, no matter what, if it's the sh- stupidest product we have. So comparing, like, impressions. Yeah, and, and, text all, you know, and you're getting fewer than that. To a 45-minute long podcast. Well, yeah. at the time, Which it was is obviously only, only 20, sense. 30, I guess. Stop but. correcting me. I was the producer. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't correct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, but 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 the point was he was like this just isn't valuable, and that that was the punch in the gut to me at the time, and I was like, well, this is what I enjoy doing, yeah. coming into work, so I'm not quitting it, uh, and I actually quit Cena three months later, that, <laughs> but they didn't let me uh, that time. They they talked me out of it by letting me do Cena TV stuff, uh, but that's a whole other story. That the the point is that you know those numbers that we thought were amazing, right? Yeah. Uh, we're just not good enough. And then the other one is the another show I did at CNET called The Real Deal, which was a, a help and how-to podcast. When I started, it was just me. And the idea was like I would just do a kind of a an in-depth talk about a particular topic. Uh, and I would research it and kind of lay out all of the, the information about it. And he got So a lot of pre-work. Nothing. Nothing out of it. And that, uh, that, that's the double way. We're talking... You know, because it was on CNET, it got 100, 150 out of the gate. So just because it had that logo on yeah, it. Yeah, just because people accidentally clicked. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, we turned it around. I brought in Rafe Needleman to co-host and tried to make it more interesting and tried to do more audience engagement and stuff. But even so, like, it never really caught. Uh, Brian? Yes, nobody's listening uh, to Comics Coast to Coast, which is a weekly podcast for cartoonists about cartoonists. I... I started, uh, I guess, about 2007, me and Scott Johnson here. We were doing Extra Life Radio at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, we, we enjoyed fairly good numbers there. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do my own. I want to you know, direct. So I went over and I, I started Comics <laughs> Coast to Coast. And out of the gate, I had great numbers. They were, oh. they were great. Yeah. Oh, so you have a very... Oh, it's this much is, worse. This is maybe the, like, the most painful it's of these the stories. Worst. Right. So it's like, at first it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll hop over and see what it's all about. And I wasn't connecting to any of the audience because it was a very geek culture with, with My Extra Life where Comics Coast to Coast was very specific with my passion with uh, talking to cartoonists and animators. And it just wasn't translating over. And it still doesn't. But I'm, I'm on episode... 215 or so and I'm still doing it and uh, there's a happy ending there somewhere but yeah the the numbers well, the uh, numbers drop well, down you're also low. trying I've been noticing you're also trying new things you've been talking right. a lot about Saturday morning cartoons yes on your show. yes so we've, we've tried like, Wait, to that's different <laughs> right no and we, so we've tried to uh, broaden it again but I don't know if I'm really doing it for the numbers anymore but I have been crushed many times by numbers and obsessed over numbers and try to figure out am I not reading the numbers correctly is it yeah, it's, uh, it's not me. It can't there's be like, me. Is there a mistake somewhere? Right. There, there, there's like the seven stages of looking at your <laughs> podcast numbers, like disbelief, bargaining, right. anger, and finally acceptance. Uh, so here's what I would say. In all of these cases, people who have had shows that either went on to do something far greater than where that initial moment of panic were, or either stayed there or even declined, 
you can always benefit from not looking at your numbers. Yes. <laughs> and that's not, it's kind of counterintuitive because you think of that as, you know, putting your head in the sand or giving up or not holding your pulse uh, or your finger on the pulse of your podcast. But I believe, and I'd love to hear your guys' opinion, I feel like there are way better indicators for whether or not you are doing a good job. And make no mistake, the one thing that solves all of these problems is quality. The better that you are doing your show. And when you do episode one and then you do episode 50, when you look back at episode one, you will think, wow, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> well, I have, I, this is not even my show, but I have been so impressed by you 2 and FSL oh, because amazing. it is just like, did I say their name right? Yes, okay. you did. I've yeah. had a prop. Okay. It's because <laughs> I've had a couple props today. There's a couple props. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's just so impressive because you know it's you've you've been doing it for what two seasons or coming up on the third more, four, four seasons. seasons. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who's so see, yeah. Last year? And it's just so amazing because every time you guys do a live show, like the audience is so engaged and so into it and so like like they know exactly how to play into the theme of the show, which is fantasy sports league, which is like like seriously fantasy. Yeah. Um and. Right. Elves. Like elves and stuff. <laughs> and I just, the engagement there, I think you can't, like, even if it was a bigger show, I feel like the quality of that engagement would be the same. Well, and, 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 to, and to Sword and Laser, you guys have, and, and for whatever panic you had looking at the fact that there there's this other podcast that does a similar thing, like, your Goodreads stuff is insane. I mean, like, yeah. you have people who... who like probably make it their first stop in the morning to go to Goodreads and see what people are talking about yeah, because the, they're so engrossed in a book. We're the largest group on Goodreads oh, right really? now. Yeah. Look at that! The great. champ is here. If only they'd listen to our podcast. If only they'd listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but all right. So what do you think? I mean, to take numbers away, what do you think is the greatest indicator, Nicole, of the success of a, of a podcast or the fact that your podcast is getting better than it was before? For me, it's the amount of email I get. So, like, with Nerd Parents, it's a relatively new show. Yeah. I get so much email and responses from people listening, and I I don't really know. I haven't really looked at the numbers. Yeah. But it's the email that comes in that I'm constantly sorting because I want to – I am the type of person I want to answer every single email I get. Well, and especially when it's something as personal yes. as, like, I'm raising a kid and you right. are talking to me about the raising of your kid, it feels like there needs to be a dialogue because right. people are coming to you in a spot of, 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 you know, vulnerability might be a bad word, yeah. but, like, you know, people are, are put upon and they want to talk to other people who have been in that situation. Yeah, because I looked at the numbers in the beginning, but I haven't looked at them since. So I looked at them in, like, February, so I have no idea mm -hmm. if I've grown at all, but it's the amount of email that I get that I'm like, okay, we're doing fine because yeah. I'm getting, you know, 10, 15 emails uh, every episode um, just with additional questions or a thanks or something like that. Um, so Does anybody at this panel think that I'm, I'm full of poop in saying no, that you shouldn't look at your numbers? Like, yes. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Right, right. No, no, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I think you're full of poop. Okay. Um, <laughs> enlighten me about my poop only, fulfillment. Only, only in this instance. <laughs> um, no, I I don't a hundred percent think you're. I think you're just partially full. Sure. Uh, As we all are, it's biology. I, <laughs> Science. Did you not eat today? <laughs> so, I was distracted by poop. 
When when should you look at your numbers? Yeah. Why is it healthy to look at your numbers? I would say it is good to look at your numbers when you're responsible enough to interpret what they mean. Yes. Uh, and so I don't check my numbers all the time, but I do look at them to see the trends. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is to actually, when I say responsible, I also mean educated enough, enough to know like, hey, my numbers are down. Oh, right, it's July. Right. They always go down in July. Compare year over year, if you've done it for a year, and see where, if they're bigger than last July. Then you're able to say, oh, okay, I've actually increased. Uh, because podcasting, any kind of entertainment, is particularly seasonable. People travel, they go back to school. Depending on the subject of your podcast, too, you're going to have a different time of the year where listenership's just going to fall off and come back. So I would try not to overestimate it. That's where I agree with you. Is like You can actually do quite well not looking at your numbers, yeah. but they are something that, if you can look at them with the right frame of mind, can be one of those things that help you interpret how things are going. When I'm creating media kits is when I look mm -hmm. at numbers. Yeah. I guess I, if, if somebody comes to you and says, I would like to sponsor your show, can you please let me know how many people download it? Then you need to, right? Lie. Yeah, lie. Lie, lie through your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, the only time I knew what our numbers were was when Tom would tell me, like, every so often. Like, I didn't pay attention to it at all. I didn't even, I think, have access to them at, at one point. Um, and then... <laughs> Turned her off. Yeah, I just didn't care. And then at, at when we had to, when we went to Boing Boing, they made a switch over to SoundCloud for our hosting so they could keep track of the metrics for ad revenue. And suddenly, now, every time I look at a blog post, it shows the SoundCloud embed with right. the numbers right there. So it's like, it's hard to... To ignore it's kind of in your face all the time well and that's the youtube effect too yeah i mean if you have a youtube channel you're like you know who's in your space and you're yeah. like oh they have you know a four hundred thousand subscribers to my a hundred thousand i mean <laughs> it, it it really distorts your perspective yeah i think when you really think of a thousand people in a in a room it's a totally different like mindset and, and I wonder where where does that get lost? Like where do we look at a thousand downloads and think, when if there were a thousand people in front of you, you'd right. be like, oh what? my god, this is the best thing ever. Number envy. Just yeah. Is that it? Yeah. yeah, just number envy. Just and it's wanna... a detachment of physical versus virtual. Right. And it, it really just boils down to just numbers at that point. Whereas we have somebody that actively took the time to come here, be in your presence. And versus click a download. So let's go into growth because again, that is that is where we all go to when we feel like annoyed that our numbers are not where we want them to be. We wonder how do we grow them. And I mentioned before, I would say that quality is is it. Like look at your own podcast and think about how you've gotten better. And it could just be your own comfort that you know in, in talking behind a mic and and editing and realizing where you sound natural where you don't sound natural if you want to do more interviews if, if interviews are not for you which i think that's another thing that every podcast just kind of falls into is like oh well like i'm not doing numbers i don't know let me get somebody who has numbers on the show like that'll screw look at your, that that'll screw with your numbers too comics coast to coast is almost exclusively interview based and we will have a huge spike when we have a large guest on and then it'll drop back down which is very depressing because they go well they're not staying for us they came to listen to that artist and and that's it and they're gone yeah that's weird because we have the almost the exact opposite problem really? yeah our interview shows except on geek and Sunday. oh really remember how yeah. we like got a huge spike out of, sorry, 
we got a huge spike out of the gate on Geek and Sundry because we were on Geek and Sundry, the Felicia Day, you know, mm-hmm. network, and then it fell off. And then we got a huge spike when George R. R. Martin was on because, hey, George R. R. Martin, oh, yeah. and then fell off. But you're right. The rest of the time, it's very stable. Yeah, I think they just, they, I, I think they enjoy the interviews, but I think they come mostly for the book talk, which is right. like why it's a, it's a book club show. So they get really invested in participating in that discussion and doing that. And so, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really seem to matter how big the the interview is if it's on audio they're just like okay and that's that's something that i feel like is this might not be your podcast but i feel like it is very much everybody who is here on this panel these panels is our products have gotten better the more of ourselves we've been Mm -hmm. you know the more that you allow somebody to download and kind of connect to you and have a kind of relationship and interaction with you be that you know, through email or Twitter or whatever. And that comes from the comfort of you just presenting, hey, I'm somebody that you would like to talk to, somebody that you would like to hang out with, the better you are going to be. Because I think there's a reason why when you guys are talking to somebody else, people listen less because they would like to be talking to you, mm-hmm. you know? And if, if they're a fly on the wall and that's not what it normally is, then, I mean, I think it's it's good. It's cool. You know, you probably make news on, on the Sword and Laser stuff every once in a while because there's not a lot of outlets for fantasy <laughs> interviews. I guess even then. <laughs> you know, some of our, for our video site, some of our best growth potential that we've had has been when we get really hard criticism. Mm. And it hurts. Ah. When you get that criticism, when it hurts, because there is an ounce of truth in oh. that criticism. And so when you can break that down and kind of step away from it. You know, it stings at first, but then you start processing it. And you're like, damn it, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like, are you listening to your audience when they're talking to you? If you're not listening, they're going to stop talking to you. Yeah. All right, we're going to go a little bit longer with, with panel chat. Does that mic down there work? Can we use that as a as a listening to people yeah. mic? Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Don Jaime? Could you could you help me out? We've got wireless. Oh, we've got wireless. We've got wireless. Okay. So here, no, you sit down. Uh, if anybody wants to, uh, yeah, here, yeah, pass that over here. So, so, so here, there we go. Oh wow, everybody's passing down. Okay. We're gonna pass down these mics. Uh, if you guys have a question, uh, go ahead and put your hand up. I, I really want this to be a, a communal kind of thing because uh, I feel like we are all in the same boat, and I want you to be able to ask. Any question uh, that you guys want about this subject, because I always feel like it's like the seedy underbelly of the entire podcast track. Is <laughs> like it is all built on top of this like question dissatis- uh, dissatisfaction with like how many people are listening. Uh, all right, well I guess we have questions already, so go ahead, let's start over there. Hey, um, I'm Matt from Battle Geeks podcast on the Bottle FM network. Um, Here we go. Also, so, start yeah. every question plug. with a plug. Yes. Plug. <laughs> every question begins this. with a plug, okay. and it's mandatory, even if you don't have a podcast. <laughs> Tell us about the podcast. You will do. <laughs> yeah. So um, we do a weekly show, and my um, co-host, Frank, who's not here, um, is super numbers-oriented. I'm more laissez-faire. I, I just do it because it's fun. Um, he is really pushing me to do kind of nail down day, time, every single week. We do it Tuesday, 5 o'clock, yada, yada, yada. But we don't do a live show, so I don't really see the point of no, you should. nailing it down. Consistency is super, right. super important. When do you release? Uh, we release typically every Monday, but it's 
kind so of people like show. if you love a show if you're really excited about it you open up itunes or whatever like podcatcher you're using and you are like okay it's monday morning ready to start my week off right by listening to my favorite show on the way to work and like people get really used to that and they, they look for it and they expect it and it's like I get emails if Sword and Laser like doesn't catch in the feed for some reason, which mm-hmm. happens a lot lately for some reason. Like they're like, "What's wrong with the podcast? Where is it? I'm looking for it." And I'm like, "So yeah, it's it's it may not seem like a big deal, especially when you're not doing it live, but it is actually like probably the number one tip I give everyone right. when they ask about this kind but of thing." But it sounds like you you have a week delay. Like you yeah, record on a Tuesday, you record, you release the following Monday or something like that. Yeah, typically just because especially in the summer, our schedule is so just. So you're kind of building that buffer in. Yeah, it <laughs> well, sounds like to which me. I, that's what I do with nerd parents. Right. It sounds like to me you guys have probably more of a uh, maybe a, a, a different perspective for each of you on how the podcast should be done, and you probably should really look at that. Um, you, if one of you really wants to do it for numbers and wants to grow, and mm-hmm. the other person wants to do it for fun, that can be kind of a, a dangerous mix where you can get into arguments and fusses, and then it won't be any fun. It well, but also, I mean, like, if you are doing it for fun, then it is better to have a regular connection with your audience. Let's go back to that idea of you having ten people show up to your house so they can listen to you. If they showed up to your house and the door was locked, they would feel kind of annoyed, and they would feel <laughs> put upon that they made this trip out there, and now they couldn't get it. Uh there is a tremendous connection that you can make. And in terms of long-form audio, and this has been true since, you know, Fibber, McGee, and Molly, right? Like, people want to know that when they turn something on, they are going to hear it. And there is a psychic pain to not having that happen. Uh, and it hinders the fact that you want to have a connection. You know, you want to be able to talk and have a good time. In terms of the recording schedule, you know, that's just something that you got to work out that, that, you know, makes sense for you and your your podcast partner. Uh, thank you. Our general uh, rule of thumb on frog pants is if it's not fun, we're just going to stop it. Just I mean, stop I, it. I don't yeah. care what the numbers are. Whether it, Numbers could be great. If it's not fun, we're out. So uh, speaking of frog pants, I was at, uh, we did Nerdtacular. We did a live Ooh. night attack. Right. Uh, anybody at Nerdtacular? Ah, oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, the only time that I have ever gotten a, like, screed, of a hate mail over Night Attack, which is by and large a very, an NSFW show before it, has been very positive interactions, was about the fact that we didn't warn people that we were going to be live on Saturday night and have it released uh, Sunday or Monday <laughs> because we had to wait to get the video back from the people that recorded it. Right. Uh, and it was angry on a level that <laughs> I have never really dealt with or seen with, with that audience before, That's which is addict. by and large very tight-knit. And at the end of the day, like, I had to, you know, initially you kind of like, oh, come on, man. Like, whatever. We did it a day early. Like, suck it up. Uh, but it's our fault, you know? Like, we set up an expectation and then we didn't meet it. And there's plenty of reasons why that can happen. But if you want the back and forth, that's the price that you have to pay. That's the sacrifice you have to do is set up the safe space that everybody wants to meet at. Who had another question? Let's go ahead and scamper on over there. It better start with a plug. Hi, I'm Mike with theflickcast.com. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of the hosts, but I'm the editor of the show. So yeah! My, my editor! Editor! <laughs> editor! Editor! Thank you, thank you. So my question is, since you guys you know, primarily you 
just in time to do live yeah. podcasting. Uh, what would you say is the benefit between doing the live versus having the edited? And when do you think that you're editing too much? Uh, I hate editing. Yeah, you're yeah, always editing, editing too much. I, I, Sorry, editor. I think <laughs> whenever anybody says, like, oh, make sure you edit out your, your ums and ahs and everything, I feel like you are you are being lazy and <laughs> you are not beating the fact that these are verbal yeah. dicks you should not be saying out of you. You should say ums and ahs on all of your podcasts and then make yourself listen to them over right, and over and right. over again until you stop doing it. And if you edit it out, you won't. Uh, so, I don't know. That's my opinion. Uh, Tom Merritt, Daily Tech News Show, DailyTechNewsShow.com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am lazy, uh, which is why I don't edit uh, any of the stuff I do. And and it's a particular thing that you have to develop the ability to do, uh, which is <laughs> accept all your mistakes are going out essentially, uh, and be able to say like, okay, I'm just going to go for 30 minutes and that's it. And what we did is what's going to go out there. And it's part of that like setting up the expectation of the audience that it's live. And so doing it live helps that. Because they're like, oh, I know he does it live. That's why that wasn't edited. And if major things happen, obviously we edit it. Uh, I also get the benefit of when you're doing it live, having that live interaction, we run a chat room along with it. And so you're able to kind of see how they're reacting as you're doing it to kind of see how it's playing. Not just like, oh, is this funny? Is it going over well? Is this informative? But also seeing different opinions, different ways it's being interpreted that you might not have thought of otherwise. Uh, and I find that extremely helpful, in, especially in a discussion show like DTNS, where I'm always looking for another perspective on a story. And that chat room's always supplying me with tons of those. And if you want to see a, a podcast running live, really well the morning stream and the mm -hmm. tadpole they have their own name the chat room is the tadpole i mean even with night attack i mean yes Diamond the chat Club. room yeah the chat so, room there we go there we go there it is <laughs> so you you when you do live it kind of i don't know it creates a, a different experience because i do i do live as well but then i i have it released later on in the feed and mm. i put show notes up and that's honestly where I spend most of my time is I put a lot of sh stuff in my show notes. Yeah. yeah. So we do we do both for Sword and Laser. So or le lately at least um, we used to only be pre-recorded and I I am the editor for everything and I I went to school for that so I was like crazy anal retentive for like when we were doing Buzz Out Loud I would edit out every like mm, uh, whatever I hated dead air I hated everything it was like super tight and like probably not very good. And so now, <laughs> now Sword and Laser, like, we, we do a Google Hangout uh, where we stream the show live as it's happening on Tuesday. And then I go back and I edit in the, like, segment, like, you know, sound effects. And, and uh, if there's a real bad mess up, I'll take that chunk out. But I've definitely, like, lightened up a lot in my later years with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <I definitely>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so bad about it anymore. And I think now it's good because people have the option to watch the completely unedited, you know, pre-show, post-show like just everything all in the Google Hangout. Oh yeah. And then, but they also can get like a, the tighter edited audio version of it as well. And by the, I think from an artistic perspective, unless you are doing something like Radio Lab, where it is like very produced and manicured, and there yeah. are many great podcasts that are like that, then if you are just talking to people, it helps to have that human element. Yeah. It, it helps to have it feel like more of a conversation. And th to Justin's point that he made before about uh, having that really good show, once you finally nailed it 
and being able to present that and be the one that you promote to try to be like, okay, everybody, this is my show. Uh, you may want to do some light editing. You may want to take yeah. out ums and odds. I will admit, uh, season two of FSL, mm -hmm. I went through and I tightened every episode. I took out pauses, took out some ums and ahs from us because it was new and we were still figuring out the rhythm of the show, and I didn't want people to get turned off of what is already a really difficult to understand concept <laughs> yeah. because of that. And then I lightened up on that. Later seasons, it's like we, we kind of know how the show goes, and I didn't want it to sound too clean because you want it to sound like real live Like radio. sports talk yeah. radio. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, uh, for those who are listening, Scott Johnson is listening uh -oh. Oh, is right he? now. He yeah. texted me, too. It, yeah, he's, he on says, well, since he couldn't bother to be here, then... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got. I'm at Luis. Uh, how to build a starship? Uh, how to build a starship.com. I have a question from Twitter. Okay. It's not out yet. Uh, All right, that's fine. Okay, it's a. This is a question from uh, Roberto Villegas, Vincent 404. Yay. He says, as an independent podcaster without a media company or known online entity like CNET, Twit, etc., how do you go about marketing? This question is assuming the quality is strong, the format is solid, the release date is constant, and then he says, add, because at this point, a thousand downloads would be amazing. Well, listen, and the first podcast I ever did was for the iTricks.com site. It was a magic uh, news site. Magic as in, uh, not the gathering, but like David <laughs> Copperfield, um, which, by the way, is the smaller of the two online niches. Um and I think we would get at its peak 800 to 1,200. And I kind of feel like that was about the full audience of people who wanted to hear an hour right. of magic industry talk. <laughs> uh, to Roberto's point, who, by the way, does a great job, uh, CosmicRadio.tv. Everybody should go ahead and check that out. I'll plug it since he apparently didn't get the memo that he has to plug That's stuff. That's how you market it. You ask a question and get Justin Robert Young yeah. to plug your shit. Yeah. Uh, I think that the key is, and and he, he he wrote that last part in, but that's a huge assumption, is like assuming quality, assuming format, uh, because I feel like that's an ever-evolving thing, mm. and it's not like you get to a level and you're done. Right. It's that you get to a point where there's that one perfect episode that you can then find a qualified audience to talk to it about, and many times that's... Facebook groups or message boards or, or other places where people kind of gather. But it's like, you know, I've done a couple interviews with, uh, with, with Roberto. I think uh, it might even be the most recent, uh, my so-called 8-Bit Life that he does, which is great. Uh, but that would be a good one. That was a really good, I felt like we had a really good discussion. That'd be a really good one for him to come out to Chat Realm, like our, our fan base, and say, hey, listen, did you know that Justin had, you know, something in his past that he talked about that he hasn't talked about publicly. Listen to it here. You know, we had, there's been these awesome cartoons that we've had on Night Attack, uh, drawn by a mystery man named Spearmint Nitrate, for whom I still <laughs> don't know his actual identity. Uh, he had an interview with him, and that was a great thing that people could go and listen to more about who he is and, and why he decided to start drawing cartoons for us for free. Uh, so we could put his images on T-shirts and sell them without paying him money. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, I feel like, have that episode. Have that one episode and then tell people about that episode and then build that trust with the uninitiated. 
What, what what are you trying to get out of the podcast as well? I mean, if you're marketing, what are you marketing for? More numbers? Are you marketing for sales? Sponsors? Advertisers? Sponsors, right. Because I could talk to you supporter. about sponsors and advertisers. Yeah. When we first started our woodworking podcast, we were the first on the scene. So we had an advantage. So when I went to power tool companies, we were new. We were That's how we got them. We just asked and we had something very valuable. We had some really great episodes that we had come out with that in that industry, it really shook things up. Right. And we had that advantage. Um, you may not have that advantage, but that's your job to kind of look at your market to evaluate that. Roberto says, thank you and download 8-Bit Life. Nice. nice. <laughs> Here we go. Go <laughs> ahead. Everybody download uh, my so-called 8-Bit Life from uh, Roberto Viegas. Vincent 404. Uh, okay, Matt Johnson um, with the Figure Sell Separately podcast. Um, yeah. So, Tom, I know you have a background in radio. I have a, about an eight-year background in radio. And I, Brian, I don't know if no you background did. in radio. Okay. I don't think any of the uh, the rest. I of went to school for right. radio, and I interned at radio station. Okay, and I did too. I've I I listened I a, to my mom a lot says I sound like I should be on the radio. Back. You do. Does that you count? Do. Right. <laughs> Nicole owns a radio. <laughs> so for Veronica and Tom, do you guys having a background in broadcasting? Um, going back to the whole over editing, because I know a couple of people that's. It seems like it's a common first mistake when they first get into podcasting of just being obsessive about taking out the ums and, and pauses. And, and, it, and I've, I've heard them make podcasts even too tight mm-hmm. where they're really hard to listen to. Do you think that that's uh, being in broadcasting, you guys did not make that mistake at first? Or I know. Oh, we kind of already talked about that. Yeah, yeah you kind of did, did make I, the mistake. I, I definitely made that mistake. Yeah. Classically trained. Yes, made the mistake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got his first job at a country station that was 3,000 watts. <laughs> did not make that mistake. Uh, well, but it's also different. It's also different backgrounds too, right? Like, I did live radio. Like I, that's when I, when I did radio, it was always live, uh, DJing. And then I worked uh, as a, on the website for a live television show. Uh, and so all of my background was always like, well, no, you don't edit because there is no editing. You do it live and it's gone. It's out there and you're done. Like you just got to prepare for it. So that was my mindset. Uh, let me say one more thing about editing. As human beings, we always will succumb to failure points at some point. And if you record a show and then every time you need to go back and edit it and editing takes 30 minutes, at some point you are going to hit that wall and say, oh, but I really need to cook dinner. Oh, but I really need to do something else. You will always succumb to it. And you might say in your head, especially early on, oh, come on, it's just 30 minutes. If I really care about doing podcasting, what's 30 minutes? You will. And it will stop you from releasing an episode. Come up with the most sustainable and rugged version of doing this every week, the most pain-free version that you can do, and it will benefit you greatly because you can focus on the product and not the packaging. And release it as quick as possible. Just that helps. Fast. Just get it out of there because anything can happen. I mean, I got to. I, I, I schedule my stuff though. I like you, to release. Like, uh, no, well, but, for but like a out, Monday. Out of your hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, we record. I edit. It's done. Like, well, until feed burner screws up and then right. the feed, and then I have to go back and republish again a million times. Until so. the internet happens. And also, like, there's a thing where I, 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 for whatever reason, I suck at uploading things, mm. and I suck at setting up RSS feeds. And so, like, I hired somebody to do it for me. <laughs> and now that's not a solution for everybody, but it's like I, I felt really proud of myself because I identified a weakness sure. and I solved it. Yeah. And, like, 
I I am now. If you are enjoying like the, the Doctor Who podcast or the One Mike podcast that I do, Who's the Boss or Jury, it's because I have somebody that I can just put things in a Dropbox, which by the way is no less complicated than just uploading it myself. <laughs> it's literally it is the same. It it's the, the same. exact same thing, and yet for whatever reason, I found a, a, a system that works. There's like a dozen people right now going, I could have written him a script. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care. I have Cheeto. <laughs> I'm Adam from the uh, Wild Star Port podcast. Wait, say that again. I didn't hear you. The Wild Star Port podcast. Wild, Wild Star, Star Port, Port podcast. The video yeah. game? Yeah. Uh, it's it's a AIE Wild Star podcast. Oh. Not, not right. the wine? Yeah. AIE. For the horde. One of the things we're trying to do with the show is um, make it kind of an audience participation show, kind of to separate it a bit from what a lot of the other shows are doing. So we want people to email in and send us questions and things like that. And we're not getting as much response as we'd like with that. So I was wondering if you guys had any tips on how to get your audience to engage. Ah, yeah, oh, the well, secret. So you, you, when they do send you stuff, do you like talk about the stuff they send in? That has always worked for us. Is kind of like when you start highlighting users, it kind of like gets the other users excited because they're like, oh, he's talking about Terp Kristen so much. I'm going to send in an email for once and get on there. And so, yeah. you know, it kind of like... It becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you do kind of have to get to that point where enough people are writing in. Um, or you can give them away stuff. I was going to say, give we, stuff. Gave, we gave away like a digital, you know, the Celestial Pony in World of Warcraft one time. And all you had to do was come on the website and, you know, tell us your favorite game or yeah. tell us your favorite experience and wow. And we had a ton. We had like 150 people come to the site just because they wanted this $15 little pony. <laughs> so... Uh, I think the end all be all is be a podcast that people want to interact with. Yeah. Mm. You know, like if like the answer, as is all of this, lies in you. <laughs> <laughs> like just think about what are you like, try to look at your podcast from an outsider's perspective and say, what can I latch on to? Like, what do I want to talk about? And it's not just, well, if you have any thoughts about this block of shit that I just said, <laughs> like, go ahead and I don't know, you figure it out. Like you tell me what you're interested in. Yeah. Do you listen to your podcast? I I've listened no. to I I I've I listen, do. There, it, 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 it's rare. It, it's I started listening to Night Attack again once we went independent from NSFW because I felt like we were doing a few things differently and I wanted to hear how mm -hmm. it was how it was going. And I listen now to the One Mic Show, the Jury Show, which is just a lot of me listening to me, uh, <laughs> just because I want to hear, especially audio levels and stuff like that, where They're things right. where it's like. I don't have anybody else with me to say, like, your mic's screwed up. Like, I just want to know, audio-wise, like, where I'm at and, mm -hmm. and how I can get better at I fading stuff in and out. I told you your room was ugly that time. Yeah, <laughs> Veronica told me my room looked like a prison. Um, I mean, we got a lot of ego putting into a podcast. Oh, and it's, it's, yeah. We're, you know, it's very sensitive to get this feedback, and your friends may not want to give you the feedback you need oh, to yeah, hear. Oh, no, yeah, don't rely on don't, your friends those people at are all. Worse. Unless your friend's with Veronica, who's going to tell you your room looks like shit. <laughs> And other things, too, like Sword and Laser, we have entire segments that are user feedback driven. Mm -hmm. So, like, if, if I think that's another thing, it's like, all right, send, if you post in the forums, like, what your favorite news story about of the week was for, about for, in sci-fi fantasy, we'll read your post and, and talk about it on the show. But so. was that was that from day one? Or no. We, yes. We, we th through feedback, we, we did that. Yeah. So I think that's another thing is, like, don't build a ship for no passengers. Mm. You know, True. don't have the, like, and now, feedback. Feedback from our listeners. Well, nobody wrote in this week. Uh, so you can write in at 
sad podcast <laughs> at <laughs> I'm sad dot edu. What? One thing I've noticed, uh, Tom Merritt, Cord Killers, Cord Killers dot com. <laughs> By the way, we can do this all night. <laughs> One thing I've noticed is that even on Daily Tech News Show, where I have a very engaged audience, I will go through stretches where it's like, wow, we just didn't get an email for two days. And we usually, you know, we'll we'll get at least a sustained level. And I try to think back, like, what were the conversations like? You know, were they the kind of conversations I would respond to? Because it doesn't mean your show's bad, but if you've said everything on the topic and everybody in the audience is like, Yep, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's nothing to write in for. Also, so it's not yeah. just like, hey, everybody write in and tell me what you think, but finding ways to either just have a controversial conversation, uh, naturally, obviously, don't fake yeah. it, uh, or or say, you know, that brings up a really interesting, I would like to know how many people out there, are you the kind of person who writes into podcasts? Let me know. You know, like give them give them something to actually respond to. I don't know. You know you said don't fake it, but sometimes I'll bait some of our uh, listeners yeah. with Star Trek stuff. So, I mean, uh, but it's, also, they're easy. And then you just hear from Daryl. Right. You also, you also have to know where your audience is. So, for example, we don't really get many feedback emails anymore because everyone is commenting on the forums. Really good point. So yeah. we know, like, that is the place to go look for feedback or they're replying on Twitter. So basically we don't get anything on Facebook, everything's or or and nothing on the even in the comments on the blog posts. They don't comment on the blog posts because much. our community is so centered around our forums that that is like really the only place we need to check for feedback. And a lot of the ways you can tell with that is just looking at where other podcasts that are in your niche get the that have great communication get that communication because like you're probably going to be talking to uh, the same people. But if you're doing a Minecraft show, you're probably gonna want to look to those Facebook or those YouTube YouTubes. comments, you know? Like if you're doing something that has like you know, for like Film Riot, I know has a huge, very active Facebook community. If you're doing something like that in that similar vein, then understand that they have found success talking to people in this area. And you might wanna go ahead and put your you know, at least cast your net in that same that same part of the ocean. Questions? Hi, I'm James Kennison from you're not going to remember what I say here.com. <laughs> um, I've got a show. I've done several shows, but I got one that this that eight year show. And uh, and when you so when you were like feeling sorry for her, I was like, oh my god, I'm in that same boat. It's terrible. <laughs> but and and you know after you podcast for a while, you get equipment, you get stuff. Yeah. And, and you're definitely in a better boat than you were from the beginning. But one thing that I've never had answered, and one thing I've always wondered about, and it's the numbers question. Um, you go to YouTube, you can see what everybody's numbers are. If you started a channel, you could gauge yourself, okay, I suck, I need to quit, and I need to do something else. Uh, we don't get that in the podcast world. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Some we're ashamed to, you know, uh, we don't want to be braggy if we have a lot. I've always wanted to, if you've been doing it by this time, you should have this many graph, and I know that doesn't exist, but I, I just want to put that to you and see what happened. Well, it shouldn't. I mean, in my opinion, like, because Night Attack, last time we looked at the numbers, and again, that was quitting an old show and restarting it from scratch. The old show probably took in around twelve to 15,000 at its max, which in terms of, like, the broader world of podcasting uh, sucks. And I always hate saying that because whenever you're here, like, at Dragon Cut and everybody else is doing their own stuff, like... It's like, oh, Jesus, 12,000? Like, I'd murder a goat for 12,000. Uh, 
but it's uh, but it's like for us, I think we're we're now sub that. I feel like we're around uh, probably like five to to six or something like that, and I don't give a rat's ass. And I don't give a rat's ass if we ever get to that point. I don't give a rat's ass if we ever go beyond that point. Because, you know, the Patreon is, is the money element. Mm-hmm. Uh, the community, which came before the money, is really all I ever need. And it's fun to do. It, it's become a part of my life that I can't let go of. Uh, so if, it, if, if the numbers are a goal, there are plenty of ways that you can that you can look at and say, well... I need to book certain guests. I need to hustle to do things that are kind of more tried and true ways to kind of stunt your numbers. Uh, but if your goal is to just do something that you find artistically fulfilling and you kind of also want to make a little bit of money, mm. the best way to do it is just be happy with it. Because if, if that's not it, right. then and, I and trying to tell to, you. And trying to... To move numbers on an existing podcast, once it's kind of hit its own growth, it's really hard. I mean, after eight years, it's going to be hard to make that thing move. Uh, I would, if if it's close to your heart, keep doing it. If uh, but if you want to do something that's going to have bigger numbers, you're probably going to have to switch up and and start a new show, reboot, uh, reboot because uh, I've just never seen any success. Of what are you guys telling us? Right now. Right? <laughs> Shut her down. Shut her down. By the way, that's the dark end to this podcast. <laughs> this panel. Yeah, shut Nobody it all down. Your failures. <laughs> and then, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Andrew Keen. <laughs> uh, I, I would add to that that one approach that you can and some of you probably should take to your podcast is not to measure the success by growth, which I think Justin has done a great job of mm. pointing out. Like There are lots of reasons why. But... Daily Tech News Show is the most popular show I do, and I do not measure its success by the numbers. I measure its success by the interaction with the audience. I'm free to do that because it's crowd-supported. You really need the numbers when you're selling ads. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That is one way to do a show, and it's perfectly legitimate. But if you're not selling ads, and you don't plan to sell ads anytime soon... Just don't even worry about it because it frees you up. Like, I can put this out as an AUG file. I can post it on YouTube. I can throw it everywhere in the world because I don't care about tracking it anymore. I don't care about keeping numbers in my head and finding out what my metric is. And I'll focus on am I getting those people in my Goodreads group or am I talking to people on email or are they posting on my blog, wherever it is that they like to do that. Am I in there engaging with them outside of the podcast and are they responding to the show in the ways I want and am I growing the show with them? Really listen to them. That I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but that's one way. Uh, all right, I think we have room for maybe two oh, more tried, questions, tried so let's go load, fast. Uh, you're not going to remember <laughs> what I say, Doc, but the server's... He remembered! Uh... All right, so let, let's go ahead and, and we'll try to keep it quick, and then we'll get maybe one more. So, so let's let's right. identify who that last one is. Like All right. Lady, lady. Oh, 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 yes, there's a lady, there's a lady person. She's she's last. You go ahead first, not a lady. Well, since I have the microphone, I would assume so. I've got two quick statements to help out. Uh, first, I'm Charles with Success Freaks, and we help others be awesome. And it's an advice type show. When we shifted from live to pre-recorded, we lost a lot of interaction. But you can fake it a little bit, depending on your niche. We ended up going to Yahoo Answers and took the topic of the day, searched it, found the question we liked, and then we gave the advice, like it was a listener that came in, which generated listeners writing in and asking for advice. So 
you got to think outside the box, think about what you're doing, and search for somebody who talked about something, give your opinion on it, give back to the community, like Tom was saying, or give your own spin. But the second quick statement, uh, I'm Charles from, from the Helicaria, and it's, <laughs> it's uh, you connect with other people in your niche. Now, we took a game that had probably a 100 different communities on Facebook for it, and we tried to unify them all, and we found somebody on YouTube who was doing videos that we weren't doing. We are just doing audio on the game. He's doing videos, and we just partnered up, and that took his level way higher and our level way higher. So you find who you're doing, who's doing something in your space that you're not doing, and you can connect with them, and we grow together. I saw the unifying thing about this panel here, and I, as you can't see, I'm on our camera, but I'm pointing everybody on, at the table, is you found a way to connect with each other, which happens to be frog pants in this situation, but it didn't start that way. You found niches, you found how you work together, and you built up this great network. And I think that's something we can take away is find somebody you can work with and see what you need to make it better. Yeah, I've been finding, trying to figure out a way to leach on to Boar's Gorn Swords for the past couple <laughs> <long>, so <laughs> I'm actively working on that, yes. Uh, and all right, there's no better way to end uh, this panel than proving that there are, in fact, more than two women on the Internet. So <laughs> let's... Hi, uh, I'm Amy Farley of the yet-to-be-released Dawson's Geek podcast. Oh, oh hell yeah! yeah. Which adds I'm it. so happy I'm <laughs> DawsonCrying.gif. Uh, it is what it sounds like. Uh, me and a fellow uh, improv, improv comedy uh, person are watching Dawson's Creek episodes and making fun of them. Uh, so my question is, when you're, when you're first starting out, uh, do you think it's better to get like a backlog of episodes so you can have like a steady release schedule, especially like we've never done podcasts before. Yeah. Uh, or would it be better to just do one, which we recorded one, and then just get it out there and see get what happens? Out. I'm I a mean, get it out man. Most of the time I'm way. a get it out, but in that situation where, where it's not time sensitive, right? Yeah, then yeah. yeah, I with FSL tonight we obviously never bank episodes because it's live and it's really happening, but we exactly. totally bank episodes, yeah. But I've, we always do, like yeah, plus, many at a time. <laughs> and I think, I think too, like a lot of people have said, you know, go back and listen to your first couple of podcasts and you know, just, just scrap them, just get rid of them, you know, because you're never in your groove yet. You never feel, it doesn't feel right. I, I've heard that a lot of times. But if you're doing something evergreen, you know, you have the opportunity to record a bunch of bunch of stuff and see what sticks and see yeah. how it feels and, and kind of get into your groove before you go public because no matter what, that first podcast is going to be a first impression for a lot of people. Yeah. And so even if you want it to be kind of fun, freewheeling at the same time, you want it to be at a level that you are comfortable with going yeah. into it um, so that people kind of say, oh, yeah, this is this is promising. This is really good. Not like, ooh, yeah, that's not. This is bad business. For, for an idea like that, if I were doing it, I would say for you and your co-host, pick your favorite episodes and then record episodes for that, knowing that they are – Far later, and maybe you'll lose oh, interest no. and never do it. Just so at its optimum, you know kind of what you're doing. Then never release them. Like, or you can release them if if you get there. Like, just try it. Just just you know get Make some reps on something. Episodes, yeah, so yeah. so that's not like so the first one, the the pilot episode that they are downloading. If let's say because you're looking at the optimum listener, right? And the optimum listener says, I just listened to one of these randomly. Oh my God, this is so great! I need to go back and listen to all of these in order, especially for a, a companion podcast like that. You want those first couple to be—I mean, if you can avoid it, you would want to try to have those not just be the first time you guys stepped in front of a microphone together. If, if you haven't done it before, at least that would be me. Because you'll get listed in the the what's new in iTunes, yes, you will. and you'll get a nice bump. 
and then it'll go away. <laughs> yeah, never see them again. And then we will all be sad about our numbers together. Yes. All right, I think we have three minutes. So if there's a very quick question that we can do, literally one more. Uh, how how what are your numbers well, until you look at sponsors? So we can say like when we're we're working with a group called the Mid Roll, they would they were basically like we can't sell anything under 15k. Right. And that was just them. You know, it might be different, especially if you get an independent. I'm sorry, he had a, quite a real question back there, too, so we kind of take it up the time. But, yeah, uh, it depends. I, I mean, again, like everything, my hat fell off. Uh, <laughs> like everything, it, it totally depends. With Night Attack, we had, I mean, what we had, like it was, I think it was like uh, a couple thousand downloads and uh, a, a company that uh, hosts your website uh, that will remain nameless. Uh <laughs> said, uh, okay, well, we want these amount of numbers. And we said, no, we're not doing it. We have no guarantees on what we're going to do. And they went away, and then they came back and said, okay, fine, we'll do it. <laughs> so, like, it's a rare face well, that they would do that. And yeah. also think, are you going to be <laughs> passively you know, waiting for these people? Or are you actively going after them? I mean, yeah. we, were working with, we work with PodTrack, and we put our, our, on our audio, and they actively come to us with, oh, Harry's wants to work with you. Yeah. We didn't actively go after Harry's. So there's a lot of different ways that you can get the question. All right, in. one more, one more. Get him in there. You. <laughs> you <ask>. Me? <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, well, my question, I don't know how quickly you'll be able to answer it, but my question is, okay, for, for example, a website that has a forum, has a Twitter feed, has a YouTube channel, it's been around for a couple of years, has an established community, to start a podcast, um, how vital would you think it would be for them to start, for example, with just one person talking, or do you need to have two, three people get together, or could it, you Not know? If you're Justin. Right. It's tough to be. <laughs> it's tough to do it by yourself. Well, is the channel just one person? The the pre-existing? Well, no. The website. Uh, there's a web. Like my, I have a website. Uh, Ken Harwood, Sega16.com. It's a retro gaming website. Um, we have a forum, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have a YouTube channel, and we want to move out into... But is uh, it one personality running all of the content? Basically, yeah. If it's one personality, <laughs> then, then revolve it around that. And yeah. and either it's you and your best friend, or or you you're interviewing people. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, let people know who you are, because they already they have, have you know been there. You're the brand. Yeah, and, and just give them more of you. Yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> all right. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are yeah. done. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys so much. If, if you like this panel, go into the